0: Hey, welcome back to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Pekulski. One of the hardest things I've ever done in my life was preparing for a bodybuilding contest. And people always ask, you know, Ben, how did you do that? You must have so much willpower. And the reality is willpower is at many points a part of it, but a lot of it is habits, the habits we create. And if I set the objective to become a Mr. Olympia competitor, and many of you may not want to become a Mr. Olympia competitor, but bear with me in this conversation. The big part that I need to identify to become it is I need to identify the gap between where I am now and where I want to be, or maybe who I am now And who I want to become. So in my case, I wanted to become the best bodybuilder in the world. So I identified all of the habits, beliefs, characteristics, and traits that a top Mr. Olympia competitor would live with or have. And I started to work for them every single day. And most people focus on the training and most people focus on the diet. And those things are important, but there's so many things that lay beneath the level of consciousness in the unconscious. And we always fall to the level of our habits or maybe we fall to the level of our beliefs or our identity who we identify as. So for each of you trying to shift your life out there, start to identify all those things that are living in your unconscious, all those beliefs that you have that are maybe not supporting your greatest life. Maybe the words you use are a great way to understand or start to unpack your unconscious beliefs, things that maybe don't meet your expectations in life. Maybe you do, or maybe what other people do, it's an important thing to start just questioning yourself. And this is this idea of consciousness, isn't it? It's how can I become conscious of my words, my thoughts, my habits, my actions, and my beliefs, bring them to the conscious surface. And then only then can I start to change them. And this is really the mission for all of us in life is first identify a target, single outcome. Single objective, and we live this objective life of starting to daily change our habits. One of the things I suggest everyone do many people seem to have challenges around nutrition, and this is where I'm going with this today. Many people have some challenges around nutrition, don't we? We all say, You know, I, I can't eat that way, Ben. You have so much willpower to have got into the condition you did to become a Mr. Olympia competitor, and the reality is, it's not. Necessarily willpower. It's learning how to create habits and shift your standards. So, one thing I would like to suggest that all of you try at some point in your life, and it can be for a week to start. Maybe it's two weeks, maybe it's three weeks. Remove anything in your life that's hyperpalatable. What does that mean? Anything that's chemically engineered or anything that is a huge shock to your taste buds in your brain. So hyperpalatable foods tend to be things that you know are loaded with this combination of sugars, fats, and salts and crunchy things that just make our brains light up. Explore it and remove those things and see what happens to your relationship with food. So most of us use food as an unconscious behavior change, an unconscious change to the way that we feel. I think it's important to start exploring this idea of maybe restricting those things a little bit, maybe pulling them out and seeing how it feels to actually appreciate real food. The amazing flavors that exist in something as simple as a carrot or celery or a potato to many of you sounds atrocious, but the reality is if you cleanse your palate for one week of the month... And you remove these hyper palatable foods, your level of appreciation for something as simple as some delicious romaine lettuce is off the charts. And this is something that happened to me as early as 2007 when I started really getting into bodybuilding. You start to learn to appreciate the complex flavors in things like high quality meat or sweet potatoes or vegetables or in the case of today's show, olive oil. You guys know I've become one of the world's biggest advocate of olive oil, not only for its health benefits, but for what it adds to a meal. And If you're not someone who can appreciate that, try seven days of taking away all the things that are hyperpalatable. So we we'll eat only meats, vegetables, and things that come directly from the earth, single ingredient foods. Try for a week this month and see how you feel, see how your palate starts to shift. I suggest you limit the salt Significantly, you don't have to remove it, especially if you're someone who trains hard. But I suggest you limit it, and your palate will shift. Your desire for foods will shift. Your appreciation for something like dark chocolate or olive oil will be tremendous. So, today's amazing guest is the founder of Fresh Pressed Olive Oil. You guys know I've been a fan of this guy for a while, and I've hunted him down. The irony of that is tremendous. Hunted him down and found why. He seeks the greatest olive oil in the world. You guys know I've become an advocate of this company and TJ joins us today to tell us about the backstory behind Fresh Pass Olive Oil, where he travels and why this stuff is so very unique compared to what we might find in the store and especially for our listeners. What are all the expected health benefits of amazing high quality olive oil? And without exaggeration, I'm consuming this at every meal. I think I actually just consume food to be able to consume olive oil. I divulge in this episode that I actually have been consuming olive oil sandwiches, not really sandwiches, it's with rice cakes, but it's my favorite thing to eat. (laughs) Don't make fun. Anyways, guys, TJ joins us today to talk about fresh pressed olive oil and why it is something that we should all be adding to our Diets and our lifestyle, if you're trying to optimize health, olive oil is, without a doubt, in my opinion, the most important oil that we have in our diet. Animal fats are obviously important, fish oils are obviously important, but olive oil is one of those things that you can have in abundance. And it seems like it's almost one of the most ubiquitously healthy foods in the world as far as decreasing inflammation, optimizing insulin sensitivity, and a whole bunch of other benefits. Actually, when I had Dr. David Sinclair on, he mentioned oleic acid as being one of these things that they now know are actually stimulating sirtuins, which is a longevity perpetuating gene, I guess. Again, I'm not an expert, but without further ado, enjoy the episode with TJ from Fresh Pressed Olive Oil. And guys, don't forget to finish the gap. Identify it where you are now, where you want to be. Start to fill in the details and let's start to move toward the gap and let's all live our greatest life. Enjoy the show. So it may be one of my favorite days of the year today because I walked outside of my front door and I saw this cardboard box sitting there. And it's like Christmas for fitness enthusiasts and health advocates. And the reason it is, is because I received my... Fresh Press Olive Oil. <laughs> and I'm so grateful to be sitting here speaking with the gentleman who started the Fresh Press Olive Oil Club. And TJ, I blow no smoke and I get, provide no lip service. But literally when I open my front door and I see that stuff sitting there, I feel like a kid on Christmas. And my audience thinks I'm absolutely insane. But once they've tried it, they know. You know, I grew up eating normal store-bought olive oil. And the first time I acquired Fresh press was one of my very good friends sent me a box. He goes, Hey man, you gotta try this. But I was a competitive bodybuilder and olive oil wasn't a big part of my life. So it wasn't until I retired that I think I'd been on your mailing list or like I received maybe four boxes of the stuff. So I had about twelve 12- bottles sitting in my pantry. And one day I was like, you know what, I'm going to try this. And I was eating a lot of vegetables at the time. So I put a little bit of olive oil and balsamic on it. And I was like, what is this? (laughs) Like, this doesn't taste normal. And at that point, like I consumed about all 12 bottles in like probably a week a bottle. (laughs) and I've been an avid, addicted consumer ever since. So I'm super grateful for you taking the time to join me on the podcast today.
1: Hey, Ben, thank you so much for having me on the podcast and all your support over the years. It's just incredible. You're one of those people like our friend, Dr. Gundry who is like, I only eat so I can consume more olive oil. <laughs> I really yeah, so that, that leads me
0: down a funny story. So woke up this morning, spoke to my daughter. and She goes, Daddy, what did you have for breakfast? And she goes, did you have rice cakes and olive oil? And I was like, all right, this is getting at a hand. My daughter's making, <laughs> she's making fun of me. So oh it's God. funny. I've started doing this now where – one of my favorite meals, and my audience is going to laugh at me, I literally just have plain rice cakes, and I cover them in olive oil, and I'm not talking generous, <laughs> and I sprinkle a little bit of sea salt on it. Mm. I'll add a poached egg, or I'll add a little bit of fish or something on top. But that, to me, is like just my favorite thing lately. Wow. and it's, it's amazing. But you just really get to enjoy the flavor of the oils because the rice cake is relatively – it's a little bit of flavor, but not certainly dominating.
1: Totally. And that crunch and the salt, I mean, I oh, can yeah. totally see that. Like, I've got to try it. you got to choose the right side of the rice cake to have up because you want the one that holds the most olive oil. Right? Georgia, <laughs> it absorbs <totally. laughs> it. There, there's a technique to everything in life, and that's one you got to learn pretty quickly. <laughs>
0: Right. And I often tell my listeners not to combine high amounts of carbohydrates and fats. And I think olive oil is the exception because what we know it does is it's going to drive more fat into the cell. But in this case, you actually want those fats to become the cell, right? And we'll get into the whole story behind the Fresh Press Olive Oil Company because I think it's super interesting. But people will understand that the phospholipid bilayer, the composition of your cell literally is comprised of the foods you eat. So if you're having a lot of saturated fat, the phospholipid bilayer will be comprised primarily of that. And you know, I actually want my fat cells or any cell in my body to have this encompassing layer of what's called phospholipids ultimately comprised of olive oil because it's been shown to have a huge benefit to increasing inflammation, a huge benefit to improving insulin sensitivity. So the more olive oil you consume ultimately, the more likely it is that that ratio that exists around the cell will shift more toward these beneficial fats rather than being trans fats or saturated fats or omega-6s, et cetera. You're going to get primarily these amazing fats, which I hope we get to talk about today.
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I don't know if you know this or studied this. I can't speak extensively about it, but I know when I'm hanging out with my Italian friends, one of the things they mentioned to me, is that olive oil has the same ratio, high quality olive oil has the same fat ratio as human breast milk with with Mm. also the same, very similar levels of linoleic acid. So it's really interesting. It's like this kind of God-given delivery system, you know, the miracle tree that somehow is very paired with the human body for delivery of nutrients and all those sort of things. So it's kind of interesting.
0: I've definitely never heard that. That's so interesting. And I think you're super blessed to be able to travel the world and interact with these cultures that have been consuming olives and olive oil for probably thousands of years. And I think it's a super interesting story to hear how you began on this because, you know, I know you were a chef in New York City. And then how did that turn into, like, hey, I want to go search the world for the greatest (laughs) olives and olive oil?
1: So it kind of goes back. I was working in New York City about 20 years ago. I was working as a food, wine, and travel writer had a great job with the food network and the today show for years and i had this opportunity to visit sicily and it just so happened that i was there in october i was invited to a harvest party and a little bit more of the backstory. I'm a Southerner. I grew up in the mountains of Western North Carolina. I know what great tomatoes taste like. I know what great fresh pressed apple cider tastes like. You know, I grew up with these items in my backyard. Now as a chef and someone who had, I don't know if I had even been to California at that point, it was like, you know, early in my career, maybe 20. I had never tasted fresh olive oil before. It wasn't like a good apple or fresh pressed orange juice, which I totally understood. So just some context of that being a professional chef and, you know, traveling and all that sort of thing. I got invited to this harvest party in Sicily when I was visiting. And this guy, Matteo invited me. I'm like, a harvest party for olive oil? Really? Uh, okay. Like, it sounds <laughs> like a lot of fun. It sounds like a lot of work, but okay, I'm game, you know, and it happened that I just go up on the this beautiful hill overlooking the sea there, which was just beautiful, beautiful view, and these olive trees and these white houses that were covered in bougainvillea. It was just really a beautiful day and a lot of work. Like we harvest these fruit by hand from the tree, and this was about two thousand five, maybe two thousand four, two thousand five. Harvested by hand, put them in these small little crates and covered them with branches so sunlight didn't hit the fruit and deteriorate it. And then later in the day, as a family, we loaded in the back of a Fiat Panda, we loaded these small crates of fruit and we drove to the community mill and we wait in line with all the other Italians and there are all these families. This was like a Saturday, maybe. And so a lot of people were off of work and harvesting in their groves of their home. And so all these Italian families and there was like a fire going, toasting fresh bread. And so we waited our turn which took like an hour or maybe longer, but it was a lot of fun hanging out with these folks, these families with their fruit. So they finally get our fruit in and they start to make it. And then at the end of the process, they give us these cups and we walk over to the last stage of the olive oil pressing and we hold our cups under the centrifuge and out comes this liquid that looks like really green and then when I smell it and it smells like basil and wheatgrass and I'm like this is not olive oil this is not the olive oil I know I've never had anything like this in my life so I tasted it and it was spicy and bitter and I had never tasted this I'm like why has this been kept for me as an American as a chef as a gourmet like I didn't even know this product existed so for me I kind of had that big epiphany like you did when you actually opened your pantry and tried it for the first time. Like it's a totally different product than what you're used to or know as olive oil.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think most people would think of olive oil and think of like a yellow or they'll think of a green, but it's almost like a grayish green. The best way to describe it, even the flavor is it's alive. It tastes like it's right. biting into a fresh apple that just pulled off the tree is a very different experience than one that's been sitting in a grocery store for two months before you ever get to consume it. Maybe it's been sprayed with something to keep it at that crispness, but it's literally a completely different experience. And I had no idea like yourself <laughs> that this was even a thing. I was like, gosh,
1: I didn't know that this could taste this way. Yeah. So at that moment, my life changed. It was like, okay, I I have to do something about this, A, and I'm on a mission. How do I get this? So I'm an entrepreneur and the problem solver in me is like, how do I get this to America? My friends have got to try this. So I worked with Sicilians and got some oil from the harvest and Put it on a jet, which no one had ever done, and shipped it via air cargo directly to New York, and shared it with all my foodie friends. They totally freaked out. They're like, "What? How have we been kept from this? We didn't know that olive oil tastes like this." So it was kind of around the same time that there was a great article in the New Yorker. It was based on the Italian olive oil mafia. It was uh, it was by Tom Mueller, who wrote a great book called "Extra Virginity" that follows kind of the slip business of olive oil, but he wrote a great article in The New Yorker that was the first domino to say like, hey, there's this olive oil mafia out there and they're controlling what America's getting. And it's the dumping ground for bad oil back then in 2004. And unfortunately, this is still going on. Major media is still reporting on fraud, whether it's 60 Minutes or New York Times. So anyway, I'm part olive oil sommelier, part olive oil concierge. I developed a club. It's a quarterly shipment, etc. So you
0: said something, and I got to pull that out. It's the dumping ground for bad olive oil. Is that reality?
1: Yeah, probably now it's China. But back in 2004, one thing to understand about olive oil, especially back in those days, we were probably making about 3% of our consumption in the U.S. of what Americans consume. We were getting the bottom of the barrel from back in 2004, again, from Spain and Italy. And it was old and rancid and coming by cargo boat, which it still mostly does – come by cargo boat. Well, 99.99% comes by cargo boat. It was just low quality bulk oil. So there's been this kind of renaissance in olive oil production and methods and techniques over the last 20 years, 15 years that has made a huge difference in the availability of what we can get if you're hyper-focused on it like I am and work with our producers
0: and that's interesting i'd love to hear all about that one thing that comes up for me is that you guys do different than everybody else at least from what i can see so here's what you've done to me tj like when i travel which is a lot one of my first stops is whole foods or something similar or if i find an actual olive oil store i'll go in there and i'm like okay you know the first thing i'm asking is hey what's the pressing date nobody ever knows that no bottle of olive oil has the pressing date on it so i can't tell if i'm drinking a bottle of olive oil that's 12 months old or three months old or 12 years old i have no idea sometimes i'll have a use-by date or a best-before date, and that could maybe be useful. But I think the pressing date is something that really opened my eyes to this reality that, hey, when you guys ship it to me, it's probably pressed within... What's your time frame typically to get it to the It really depends.
1: What Mother Nature, I always say she owns 51% of the company. Like in right. Italy and Chile, it's typically tree to table in about 30 days. You know, wow. cargo <laughs> and all that sort of thing. Australia and Spain, a little bit different just because... If I could charge cards of my club members every other month, I would, but they like it spaced out. I have it kind of timed based on usage, but you're not factored in that because you would go through a bottle a week. But yes, it is rushed from tree to table and harvest day is very important. You always have to remember that olives are fruit and you have to think of like fruit juice. So think of like canned pasteurized orange juice versus fresh squeezed OJ huge difference, right? So fresh pressed olive oil, it's not only that it's fresh, there's a lot of other layers that go into what we do and we can definitely get into all that. But yes, freshness is key to the antioxidants and polyphenols, especially, which really deteriorate over the first six months after an oil is pressed. And that's what you like the benefit of. And
0: now you're talking my language. Exactly. And that, that's what I really want to get into is because right. I think my audience really wants to know the benefit, right? Like sure. you know, if I'm going to invest in high quality food, it's this conversation between... Am I going to buy conventionally raised beef or grass fed organic beef? And if someone can differentiate for me to go, hey, this is why this one's better. I'm always going to choose the better one. If someone can't clearly differentiate, I'm like, well, you know, I don't know. I don't really see a difference. So I'd love to get into what is the difference between like a conventional mass-produced store-bought olive oil in North America and throughout Europe. I've traveled Europe extensively. It's still a challenge, even in Italy, to find really good olive oil. I was in Australia, and it's funny because my audience is amazing. I get people who will ship me bottles of olive oil from their vineyard. Wow. Or someone who owns an olive oil company who will ship me something, or they'll know somebody who owns a company. and. I have people saying it to me from Australia. I mean, I landed wow. in Australia this year. Wow. Someone showed up at the gym and go, hey, man, I bought this ball of olive oil. It's a oh friend's company. God. So they know how obsessed I am. I love
1: it. I love
0: it. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah. So I'd love to know the
1: difference. Good. We've said that olives are a fruit. So let's just discuss olive fruit in general. So in Italy, there are approximately 550 olive varieties. Wow every olive variety and they can categorize them a little bit but for the most part every olive variety has its own level of fruitiness bitterness and spiciness When it's pressed in the greatest way so first of all respecting the individual olive varieties is something that does not typically happen on the bulk scale that's an artisanal thing where we produce single estate single variety oils another thing that's very important to remember about olive fruit is that when an olive is green hanging on the tree which is the very beginning stages of the ripening it has much lower oil content, but mm-hmm. higher health-promoting qualities, higher antioxidants, polyphenols, tocopherols, vitamins, etc. So, what happens is, if I pick, and I do with all my farmers, I pick my fruit at the. Perfect moment. I call it the magic window. And this magic window gives me about 10%, typically around 10% of oil inside that fruit. So 90% of everything you harvest goes away. You only keep the 10%. So that the farmer who's selling by liter, which is how they work, or by kilo, they sell me at a 10% yield. Okay. Now, if I'm a bulk producer and I have bills to pay because I've built this you know, million-dollar mill and I've got a big farm to maintain, I let my fruit hang on the tree for another month, two months. And what happens is the oil accumulation inside the fruit, when it goes from green to black, actually goes from about 10% yield up to closer to 25% yield. And so my harvest costs are less and look, I'm getting more than twice the amount of oil to sell. So now the health qualities of the riper fruit are not nearly as high. And the taste is also not nearly as high as a very low yield artisanally produced oil. Does that kind of explain that a little bit? Of
0: course. I mean, any business owner will go, if I just wait an extra couple of weeks, I could double my revenue (laughs) effectively, right?
1: Exactly. But there are these crazy people like me who are total fanatics and we are all about single estate, single varietal, or making our own custom blends. And we really respect every olive as its own unique character. We think of it as like a sauce that mother nature has made for us. And we say, hey... I have a club in the U.S. filled with fanatics who would love early harvest oil. I will pay you double to triple what the commodity price is, or you know whatever that yield would be. And they're like, "Uh, okay, really?" And I'm like, "Yes, let's do this." So anyway, that's kind of how it happens. In the pressing report, you may have heard me mention a guide. It's an Italian guide, an olive oil guide. It's kind of like a wine guide or something like that. But it's a guide mm-hmm. called Flosole, and ranks the top Four to 500 producers in the world each year.
0: I think I heard you talking about that on a video. I think you did a video with somebody on Instagram. I heard you talking about that.
1: Oh, cool. So, anyway, how it works is Flo every year they pick this top 20 winners and it's like winning an Oscar in the olive oil world. And mm-hmm. so, there are basically global competitions for olive oil. Like, there's a huge one in New York. There's really competitions all over the world, Australia, where you submit your olive oils to competition or to guides and then they grade it. And score it. Well, Flow Soleil, these top 20 Flow Soleil winners are the best of the best in the world. And I was at, I think I met you maybe at Paleo FX, and, mm-hmm. and on that table, out of the six selections I had on the table for my two recent shipments, five out of the six of those were Flo Soleil top 20 winners. So I focus in on like the best producers in the world who already have a framework. They have the right machinery. They know how to keep the trees managed well to keep water out of the fruit. So they stop irrigation in advance of the harvest. So it doesn't water down and dilute the polyphenols when the oil's being pressed. Every little step of the process, they're really good. And then I come along quite fanatical and my background's a chef. So I know how to manage every step of a process so that my end product comes out spectacularly. So I kind of help them and support them. And what we do is you make something even better. And then they send that off the contest and win even more awards. So anyway, it's kind of a nice relationship, I
0: guess, you would guess. Sure. So now walk me through what a Flocele judge would be grading. I guess I have no idea. Right now, sitting on my desk in front sure. of me, I've got your Piquel from Spain, and I've also yes. got one, I think, from Portugal. Yes. The one I have at home, I think, is from Spain. Great. And so you travel worlds. So I've received all of those from you from Australia, Chile, Spain, Italy, Portugal, I think, Greece, maybe all these amazing destinations around the world. And so if I were to put five or six bottles in front of me, I could certainly tell a difference, but it's almost like wine, right? When you start getting deep into the layers of wine. So what would be the typical characteristics that someone would be looking for that would differentiate one of these amazing high level alvos compared to something that was conventional?
1: Sure. So a professional taster, the first thing they look for is defects. There are very specific things that you smell on the nose of an olive oil. When you taste a final product of olive oil, it tells you the story as a professional taster. You know what the condition of the fruit was when it was harvested. You know the ripeness level. You know whether it was handled well on the way to the mill. Was it pressed quickly? Was the mill clean? Was the storage done properly? Were there any type of damage that damaged the product? So there are these what are called olive oil defects. They're like whiny, briny, musty, fusty, waxy. There's all these different kind of descriptors that professional olive oil tasters can identify that correlate to what happened in the beginning of the product. So first of all, that's the first thing you do is you identify defects. So do you actually want to taste one together, Ben? Well, I want to know
0: if you can identify this sound. Okay. You
1: identify that sound? Oh Yeah, that's the lid coming off. <laughs> I heard it. Yeah. First of all, you just notice a perfume wafting out of Down, the bottle. Right away. And you put this on a warm plate. People talk about the taste of the oil, but they also talk about how it just illuminates your room, like your sense of smell. Yeah. Like it's really crazy. It's so, this
0: beautiful, vibrant green rather than, you know, just pour a little bit into my white yeah, ceramic cup here.
1: Me too. So we have this oil. I've poured it in, in a small three ounce solo cup. It's a white cup. Mm-hmm. Professional tasters actually taste in a blue cup. And we do that to disguise color because color mm-hmm. is not always an indicator of quality. God. Some olive varieties, express more chlorophyll and the final product and other olive varieties don't. So what I have done, I've got this small solo cup. Mine's actually plastic. I like to taste out of this white plastic solo cup. It's a disposable cup. So I've got probably about a tablespoon of the oil. And when your members get this oil at home, because we have a great offer for people to get their hands on this oil later in the podcast. But when you get at home, I invite you to take your current oil out of the pantry and do a side-by-side tasting. (laughs) I think because that gives it a no-brainer. So I've got my cup. I have a tablespoon of oil inside. If you could do the same bin, that would be great. I've got it. So the first step as a professional taster is assessing the nose. We don't taste the oil first. And the reason I have it in this cup is so I can kind of swirl it around in the palm of my hand and warm the oil. So that's why I'm using a thin white plastic cup and why we use a glass cup. Because when it's on the palm of your hand, it starts releasing all these aromas. And I've got this Mm -hmm. Pequol probably at least a foot away from my nose. And it's already showing wheatgrass, arugula, fresh basil. I mean, it's like a garden. It's like a chopped salad. (laughs) So so what we'll do, we'll take a sniff at this point. We're going to do a smell test. (laughs) and really what we're looking for is called fruitiness. So when I say fruitiness, I'm not looking for exactly like green banana, which it could have, of course, or tropical fruit, which it could have. But what we're looking for is the presence of a grassiness, a freshness, an overall pleasing aroma, right? We don't want it to smell vinegary. We don't want it to smell like crayons. We don't want it to smell like wax. We don't want it to smell like rancid or have no smell at all, which a lot of olive oils just have a Rancid smell. What we're looking for is that freshness. So that's step one. So that's what we've got. It, this is beautiful. I think in my tasting notes, I have to pull open my notes to see how it's actually evolving because olive oil changes. You know, it's not mm-hmm. a stable product. Light, time, and temperature change the oil. But I said in my impressions and recommended food pairings, I said expect complex aromas when you open this assertive, vibrantly green blend of three different paquals. Rosemary, tomato leaf, parsley, wild fennel, kale, green banana, sage, cinnamon, and arugula rise from the tasting glass like a sassy culinary perfume. (laughs) (laughs) You're also
0: a poet. You're a chef. (laughs) (laughs) That's really well said. Okay.
1: So the next step we do Again, I have about a tablespoon in the cup. I'm going to place about a teaspoon of it in my mouth and I'm going to kind of chew on it a little bit. So about a teaspoon. I actually am going to pull some air through it because Mm. I like to aerate it a little bit, but that can sometimes get you really quickly in the back of the throat and make you cough. (laughs) So
0: it's the same thing they would do when they're doing a coffee cupping, right? It's
1: like a... Exactly. So okay, the things I'm looking for are one, bitterness, because that tells me that the fruit was picked very, very green. If the olive oil isn't... Bitter. And when I say bitter, I'll read on some of my descriptions. And then the next thing I'm looking for is a little spiciness. So bitterness and spice. Definitely spicy. Definitely bitter. In the throat. So let me finish this reading. So unsurprisingly, it pulls no punches in the mouth either, leading with intense flavors of green tomato and wheatgrass. Close behind, but in perfect harmonic step are parsley, kale, arugula, green banana, and rosemary. You will notice the bitterness of Belgian endive and radicchio along with a ginger-like spiciness. So that was my tasting notes for this oil. So again, we're looking for fruitiness, bitterness, and spiciness. So Tuscans. And I was hanging out with some Tuscans at their farm and they handed me a cup of oil and they said, oh, TJ, be careful. This is a three cough oil. I'm like, what do you mean three cough oil? And <laughs> they're like, oh yeah. So we say an oil is by quality or polyphenol level. We'll say how much it tickles your throat and makes you cough. Is it like a one cough oil, a two cough oil or a three cough oil based on the polyphenol level? So it's really interesting way to not like judge quality. I mean, not all high quality oils are spicy. I'm not saying that, but they should have a nice little peppery punch and you should feel the freshness and the polyphenols.
0: Well, you're gonna laugh. I've used the cough button on my microphone twice <laughs> while you're <were> <laughs> oh,
1: good, good, good. Okay, so getting back to the things. So, fresh fruit. We're flying it in by jet. I can't forget to say that. Working with farmers who are really at the pinnacle of their career and producing the best oil in the world, and then you know, getting it to members quickly. Being a single link supply. So basically, that's the problem with most olive oil in the U.S. Is there's too many middlemen with low quality oil. Oil, it's like this big homogenous mix that comes from sometimes up to five countries of origin or more. And of course, you talked about the labeling and looking at a harvest date, which is key. Buying in dark glass is key choosing a store where you can actually taste it in advance you can ask about polyphenol levels you should ask about freshness but most importantly it's important for you to educate your own palate so that's why we've set up a spectacular deal my mission has been since 2004 educate the world about the health properties of this product and also the taste i mean at first i was a chef for the first 8 years of this club there was no mention of really health benefits you know i was a chef back then and it was a culinary product and then suddenly I had these health gurus come up and say like, gosh, I want your olive oil for the polyphenols. And I'm like, what? And so now we're very much health oriented and work with many health leaders out there.
0: Right. Like you. And as you're mentioning, like some of my most educated wow. health colleagues and necessarily the ones who are most concerned about longevity and optimization literally, we're seeking out food just so that it's something to put olive oil on. And it's no exaggeration to say that a bottle of this will be gone in a week. I think it'll actually be less than that. So with the one I'm looking at here, it's about 500 mLs. This is probably realistically five to seven days for these that's bottles. Great. That's for me. It's pretty crazy, but that's the greatest source of calories I have. I eat meat, I eat vegetables, I eat olive oil. Comically, that's about it. But people ask, you know what I eat? I'm like, well, that's mostly it. Wow. I just feel it's that good. And I feel like it keeps my inflammation at bay. And I think a lot of people would really benefit from including, Some, you know, maybe not to the extent that I do, but one thing I do notice is this might get people's hair up. But I think I can consume more calories from olive oil than I could from, let's say, a different type of fat, and not gain body fat. So, like some days, I test it, and you know, at a meal, I'll have 100 grams of olive oil, like seven tablespoons, right? I feel like the more I eat, the better I look, the better I feel. My inflammation decreases. My brain works really, really well. Wow. And I think that benefit from my audience is really interesting. And again, it's pretty subjective. I don't exactly measure, to be honest. I'll shoot some videos. I have shot videos of me actually like just pouring it over my food. There's no measurement typically. Right. But I would say on average, you know, at one meal, it's probably 100 grams of olive oil, 100 grams of
1: fat from olive oil. So well, in the realm of seven tablespoons. One thing you mentioned earlier about grass-fed meat versus other types of conventional raised meat. I find that, when I choose leaner grass-fed cuts of meat and I add my own after it's cooked or even use it as a marinade and then finish it, let's say I cook a grass-fed ribeye or whatever or a grass-fed whatever sirloin, I like the sense of control that I can measure how much fat I'm going to eat in that meal because every piece of meat is different. So if I select a very lean grass fed piece of meat, I can control if I want to add seven tablespoons of olive oil. A, I know it's a healthy fat that's really going to help me. But also I like that sense of control.
0: What's your favorite way to use all of them? I'm sure you've got (laughs) endless lists, but like, what's that one where you're like, gosh, I do this and it just lights up my day.
1: You know, it's really hard to narrow it down to one because I use it in breakfast. If I have yogurt eaters in the club who drizzle it over their Greek yogurt for breakfast that's with granola. I have people who eat it for dessert, drizzled over vanilla ice cream, as a, like yeah. for dinner parties. I have people who put it in their oatmeal of all things, which I find kind of strange, but oh, anyway, that's wonderful. But it, but it totally yeah. works. So in every quarter, there's like a mild, medium, and bold. Okay, so the polyphenol count goes up. Typically, with the mild, medium, or bold. So the lower
0: one we just had, is that the high polyphenol? Yes,
1: yes. That's the boulder of the trio. And Mm -hmm. so I think, again, as olive oil is a sauce that Mother Nature has made for you. So I use it more as a sauce than anything. You can cook with it and we can go down that rabbit hole too, because that's important. But I use it in everything. Like I don't buy bottled vinaigrettes or any kind of bottled salad dressing filled with crappy oil, GMO crap. Like I make all my stuff really for. I can do everything in my kitchen with fresh lemons, salt, and olive oil. I can make yeah. you a meal that is going to be one of the best things that you know, you've tasted just because of the olive oil. So different olive oil pair with different foods differently. So a milder oil like the first selection in the trio there. Is Is Portugal? Yeah, that's the Portuguese. These are heirloom varieties from northern Portugal. They're, They're grown nowhere else in the world. They're super cool. It's beautiful there. It's insane. It's in the Douro Valley where port is grown. These oils are not sweeter style oil, but definitely a little bit more mild, but still very aromatic and all that sort of thing, but great on fish and chicken and Potatoes and milder vegetables like zucchini and that sort of thing, whether it's oven roasted or sauteed or raw. And the medium oil is Cladium. It's a single estate oil from the south of Spain from a variety called Ojiblanca. Blanca. And Ojiblanca Blanca is an amazing olive variety just filled with perfume. In fact, I might have to open it. I can't talk about well, it. Just so just- I've got
0: the Portuguese one in on my
1: hand. Should oh, we open here? that one? Yeah, we- sure. We the- oh, I would love that. So yeah, I've got yeah. I mean, all that. Talk- uh, talk about it, right? I, mean, I uh, know I know well these varieties are super cool like they're not grown anywhere else in America let's take a smell test I got to warm it up a little bit in my palm here in my cup it's really different. It's very different than the Pequal. I mean, it's a different, a different family. Color. Yeah, different color, which again, mm-hmm. is not necessarily an indicator of quality, but definitely you want it to have some green smells to it. And this one sure. definitely does. Hmm. It's minty. I get like a wild mint. Let's see what I said in my tasting notes. All right. I said, so you feel free to taste this while I'm going through. So first smell, then taste, looking for bitterness and spiciness and overall harmony. It should be like harmony in the music. You should hear different notes, but then they come together in this beautiful crescendo. All right, let's see. Green, grassy, and alluring on the nose, presenting green tomato, basil, thyme, fennel, celery. That's what I get right now, quite a bit of celery, and Mm -hmm. mixed salad greens, punctuated by sweet hints of marzipan, like almond paste, peppermint, and pear. In the mouth, the flavor of green almonds blooms, along with nuances of tomato, basil, celery leaves, and mosh. The finish is deliciously long, revealing the palate-teasing pepperiness of arugula. So we've tasted in the wrong order. We should have gone mild, medium, bold, but I'm happy to go back and do this. So I'm going to taste a little bit too. Because it smells so good. (laughs) So good. It's
0: absolutely fantastic. And it's definitely unlike anything I've ever experienced. So one thing I want to ask is not everyone in Europe has access to this. A lot of my listeners are in Australia and New Zealand and other English-speaking countries what does someone look for when they go into a grocery and they can't access fresh pressed olive oil from your company? Sure. Again, I've literally have played this game standing in the olive oil section for 30 minutes, reading every bottle and going, this one doesn't have a press date. So assuming that when I walk into a conventional, and let's say Whole Foods has kind of the gold standard for having an extensive olive oil collection, what are we looking at? Like, how do we differentiate?
1: Harvest date, dark glass. What if the harvest in- date isn't there? Well, typically, olive trees produce fruit in all different quantities in alternating years. So one year you'll have a bumper crop and the next year will be a low fruit volume on the tree. So what happens is in Spain, they have these very massive storage facilities where they will take bulk quality oil and store it because they know the next year they're going to have very low volume. So it's a way they even out the supply and demand chain, essentially. So what happens is most olive oil is dated based on when it was bottled. It'll say an expiration date or best before. Mm -hmm. It'll be based on when it was bottled. There's no correlation to the actual harvest date. So you really don't know. So it's important to look for harvest date. It's important to look for single estate oils because you know that they are controlled by one farm or farmers and most of those have their own mill. There's some great sources out of California where they harvest oil once a year. My club, we didn't mention this, you mentioned where I traveled, but the reason that I travel is because the Southern Hemisphere harvest schedule is opposite of the Mediterranean. So I mm-hmm. have two Mediterranean harvests and then the opposite season. So in October, November, I'm in Italy. In January, February, I'm in Spain. So once that harvest is done, then I move to the Southern hemisphere. In mid April and May, I have the Chilean and Argentinian harvest that I'm working because that's when their fresh olives are only harvested once a year. And then after that, I move to Australia in August for my September shipment. So that's kind of like my travel schedule. But the reason I do that is so I can get fresh fruit. California is a great source. Look for bottles that have a third-party certification on them. Mass bottlers are doing a better job of at least getting away from like clear plastic bottles to moving to dark glass because light, temperature, and time or oxygen kill olive oil. Don't buy in clear bottles. Fluorescent light kills olive oil. I personally don't like buying cloudy olive oils unless I know they're hyper fresh because what happens is that cloudiness settles to the bottom over time, about a month. And what happens there is that starts fermentation in the bottom of your bottle, which creates defects in the oil, which a professional taster would call out and say, that's not extra virgin. So sadly, UC Davis did a study 10 years ago, 60 Minutes has called this out. I mean, everybody is calling out the fraud in olive oil. And in fact, there's a recent New York Times article, I'll forward this to you, Ben, but the headline was, the world of olive oil is Murky. Here is help for the home cook. Don't try to parse every word on the label. The keys to good flavor are seeking out the freshest oil and using it generously. Olive oil should be poured lavishly and used up quickly. Experts say that freshness, more than color, price, place of origin, determine its quality. I mean, that's pretty impressive. That's New York it's time. pretty great. So
0: that perfectly segues into two questions that I think need to be answered before. Yeah. And one should be a relatively simple one Tell is me. actually maybe two part question. Sure. Let's say I received your olive oil today. Right. What's the best time frame to consume it? In? Let's say it's not opened, right. sitting on my shelf. How long before I should consume that, knowing that it's been to my door from 30 days, effectively sure. since
1: present? Sure. So I would definitely store it in a cool, dark spot. So in a pantry, don't decant it in a clear cruet because sunlight will kill it and oxygen will get to it. Now, my oils are very high in antioxidants and polyphenols because of when they're harvested really early. So they have a protection built into them because of how I work. So my oils are very stable. Most of my club members find some open one bottle at a time because they want to keep them as fresh as possible. Others open like one at a time or others open all three at once, depending on if you like one particular oil with one particular food. So a medium oil would go better with, medium boldness of foods. And the bold one, like the Pequot, is perfect on a grilled steak or lamb or duck or roasted root vegetables. So you got to kind of pair your food that way. Store a cool dark place and definitely use them quickly. You don't want to buy like big jugs of olive oil and especially in clear bottles and not use them quickly because once light, time or temperature gets to them, it kills those polyphenols.
0: All right. One thing I think would be interesting to just quickly address sure. is this olive oil mafia. What were they doing? was proposed to me and I don't know proposed that maybe they were cutting with other olive oil or they're using the lowest quality stuff or was it half canola and half olive
1: oil? What are your kind of experiences or understanding of what happened there? Well that's really a different sector and a different product. That's more like low quality bulk Yeah, I just want to make sure our listeners
0: know the difference. A
1: lot of times you'll find sneaky things like it'll be labeled blend and blend can sometimes mean that it's blended with other oils. And actually the independent studies that have been done over the last decade, have shown that the agro mafia in Italy, which is a huge thing, does get involved and can cut olive oil with seed oil a type, whether it be canola or sunflower oil, etc. And they will cut that and then sell it as olive oil, as a low cost product. And they will make the same profit as dealing cocaine with very little downside risk because people don't know what the olive oil tastes like. They don't know how to tell if an olive oil is good or bad or that sort of thing. So yes, that has been a business. And there was a clip on 60 Minutes. They did a whole segment showing the mafia and how they do this and how they add color and They add chlorophyll to the oil so it looks green. And so, you know, this has been going on. I will say that I think the people that are importing the oil, the 96% of oil or 93% that's still being imported for the US consumption, the bottlers, the big ones are trying to do a better job. You know, they've gone away from the clear bottles. They're moving to dark glass. They're paying more attention. They've been getting pressured from the FDA and consumers too. So they are doing better. But again, it's a separate product because of lack of control and quality of the fruit when it was harvested. I know you're into it for the inflammation markers. And I wanted to tell you a quick Story about how there's a compound in olive oil called oleocanthal. And mm-hmm. so there was a guy, his name was Gary Bochamp, Beauchamp, visiting Sicily, maybe about a decade ago. He worked in a lab, he's a scientist and worked predominantly with ibuprofen. That was like his medium, he was studying. And he visited Sicily and tried fresh oil for the first time. And he found this same little pinch or bite in the back of the throat the way that ibuprofen in the lab gave him this little thing in the back of the throat this sensation and he decided to take home the oil and he identified this compound and named it oleocanthal is akin to ibuprofen. So the problem is it's not a stable compound. It dissipates by about 50% in the first six months. So you have to get an oil immediately after pressing. It has to be from green fruit and all these other things. So they're constantly identifying these polyphenols and the health benefits because you do get that cooling effect to arthritis and muscle issues and that sort of thing. Like that is a known benefit to these polyphenols.
0: Absolutely incredible. And I've heard that before. And that was actually one of the things that kind of put me over the top when I think when I read that for the first time was like, when I started bringing out the olive oil from the pantry, I was like, all right, let's get into this. And I can't say enough And from an honest assessment, how different this product is from anything else I've ever tried. And uh, like I say, probably forty to fifty percent of my calories on a day-to-day basis are coming from olive oil right now, and wow. I've been doing that for probably maybe five to six months. And my body composition shifting, my inflammation is shifting. All my inflammation markers are amazing for someone who is a professional bodybuilder who was you know really pushing hard on my training and really burning the candle at both ends for fifteen years. Wow, uh, it's really turned a lot of things around in my body. And obviously, I do a lot of other things that are best practices sure. for health and training, but. That's a big piece of it. And I think what you put into your body matters and getting the highest quality stuff is absolutely imperative. TJ, I know you've created a really special offer for our listeners. I'd love to have you just tell us how our listeners can be able to try
1: Fresh Fresh olive oil. Absolutely. So the URL is getfresh35.com. G-E-T-F-R-E-S-H 35.com. Get fresh35.com. And what it is is we have every quarter I get my oil for my club members. I bring back additional cases, which I label as samples, because uh, a mission of our company is to educate Americans and what this product is. And this is a one small change people can make in their diet that is so easy. It's not like I have to go to the gym and lift weights or whatever. I just drizzle God's amazing gift on my food and I feel better and sleep better and all these other things. It's just one thing. But essentially it's a $1 offer. So you get your first bottle for a buck. So it's a trial into the membership. People get the oil delivered directly to their door. The bottle is complimentary. It's a dollar for shipping. It's essentially joining the club. You have typically 30 days to cancel. Usually you have a good two, three weeks to try the oil before you get your first shipment, depending on when you actually join and based upon availability, because it's an artisanal product. It's not a PDF that we can just create another one of. So it's a $1 offer. And then every quarter, what happens thereafter is you receive a three bottle set this will all be explained at the url getfresh35.com you will see that there's two sizes there's a 250 ml set 250 milliliter set you get a mild a medium and bold there are three artisanal oils hand selected by me and curated trio that's 99 dollars a quarter so about 33 a bottle there and then there's a double 500 ml bottle size a half liter size and that is 139 a quarter obviously a better value you get especially for a heavy user like you. You get double the amount of oil for 139 yep. But it's the same farmers for large and small. It's always a mild, medium, and bold. Comes with the pressing report. You get the how to host a tasting party. You get my onboard series, which has lots of recipes. You get access to my private Facebook group for members only, where we share recipes and behind the scenes. Because the pressing report and what you see behind the scenes really bonds you to the producers and these families. Because because these are single estate family farmers, people that their great-great-grandfathers planted these trees and they were selling to co-ops and they got really upset that the co-op was making crap oil out of their grandfather's great-grandfather's fruit. So they're like, you know what? We're going to set up our own mill here on our farm and we're going to treat olive oil the way it should be treated. And I work with those kind of producers around the world. So it's a quarterly trio following the global harvest. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It's really hard to go back to store-bought. I have to try the <laughs> (laughs) It's
0: not hard, TJ. It's impossible. And that's, (laughs) like I said, not lip service and I'll never go back. I will be a customer for life. And I highly suggest if anyone is consuming any olive oil right now, give this a try. If you're not consuming olive oil, try it replacing salad dressings or even like myself adding it onto things that are obscure and just a way of getting olive oil in my body, which is, you know, anytime I have vegetables, anytime my kids have vegetables, they're getting this olive oil. And in the beginning, to be honest, it was a little bit peppery for them, but now I give them the milder ones and they absolutely love it. And I know I'm doing something healthy for them and for myself. And TJ, thank you so much for the time. Thank you so much for the wisdom. And i strongly suggest everybody head over to Instagram and follow TJ there. And Facebook as well, just so, because I know you put out awesome content of your amazing adventures all over the world. You've crafted an amazing life for yourself, my friend. I think it's awesome. I know a lot of our listeners will be appreciative for what you're doing.
1: It's my pleasure to serve, really. And just thank you for helping us get the word out and teaching people and just giving them access to something that's so special and different. And in times like these, you know, it arrives at your home, you taste it. It's a real experience. People love experiences. They love reading the pressing reports and about my challenges and adventure and, and how I got the, Oil to them in great shape. So it's a fun adventure. So please come along. It
0: seems our food is so curated and so dumbed down as far as the flavors. That's why I get so excited about this is probably the most exciting thing you're going to put in your mouth on a day-to-day basis, right? Oh, Short of things you. that are hyper-manipulated like chemical yes, foods. Yes, yes. This is the most uh, just flavorful and just incredible experience. I know a lot of people who listen like extravagant red wines, and I would suggest that this is even more of an experience than your incredible red wines. It's just this blast of flavor and just blown away. Your mind gets excited about it. Your body feels the vigor that exists in these oils. So it's a pretty
1: awesome experience. That's so awesome. I woke up the other morning. I was like, Megan, there's something interesting about this olive oil that I never really put into perspective. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, this olive oil, my olive oil in the club is like, the very best in the world of a particular product. It is Mm -hmm. the best of the best of the best. Now, if you think of, let's just use cars, for example, and you think, okay, like a decent Kia, $15,000, that's okay. That store bought olive oil. You think about getting the very best car in the world. I mean, I don't know what you would go to or what would be your ultimate car, but you're talking about a price increase of like a gazillion fold to get to the very best. The same with wine, like bottles of great, amazing bottles of wine can go for $5,000 a bottle. Like yeah. this is yeah. 33 bucks a bottle for like the best. It's really interesting to be able to give people access to something that is the absolute best. That's still a good value. I think it's a pretty interesting perspective.
0: Absolutely. And you're absolutely right. The fact that you're able to quantify that with the, what is it? Flow save? Flow
1: Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, Wall Street Journal said on November 28th, 19, don't sleep on this game changing ingredient. When it comes to olive oil, the younger, the better. Vibrant, flavorful Oleo Nuovo is the pantry pick-me-up you should purchase pronto. I was like, yes, my mission, it's out there. People are paying attention. Like This is a Wall Street Journal. I'm like, so thank you again, Ben. This really means a lot. Thank you.
0: TJ, thank you for joining me and have an amazing day. Take care, my friend. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's a wrap. Hope you enjoyed the show. I give you a nice long intro, so I will not do the same in the outro, but hopefully you did love my chat with TJ. I learned a little bit about olive oil. I know I did. It's really cool to be able to sit there and actually try it with him, let him explain really what we're experiencing, all these different flavors. And if you've never experienced real olive oil, it's just a very different palate experience. It really is. And this irony of the cough system, where when you consume it, how many coughs it actually induces is pretty funny and pretty accurate, actually. Everyone I give it to seems to get the same response. But hopefully, you guys enjoyed the show. You can head over to getfresh35.com to get hooked up with a dollar bottle of olive oil because this stuff is awesome and you deserve to try it if you're in the US, getfresh35.com. Thanks for TJ for being here. Thank you for being here, giving us your time and attention. Hopefully you love this conversation. Every other one we do, if you do, and you're the type of person who wants to live your greatest life in a body you love, I would appreciate a review to keep us going, a five-star review, and let us know what you think of the show. Have a great day, guys.